Skunks. Joe, we've been waiting for this day. About a year. About yeah. a year, but we, we this is this has been a long one coming. Cool. Yeah. Sal, the sunk skunk guy. <laughs> Nikki. <you know. laughs> Skill messing it up. Sal the sunk guys. Sorry. I almost Sal, said scale the, the sunk guy. Yeah, it's not so easy, is it? <laughs> I guess Maybe not. you should try it. <laughs> oh, this is the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. Sal the skunk guy is our guest. Good job. Have you prepared what you're going to say for the, the intro, since you're part of the intro now? Well, we're doing a new oh. intro? Yes, we have to do an intro. Your Are face. you prepared? <gasps> God, no, I'm not. <laughs> no? Aww. Season three, you got to be in it. That's probably what it was, so you already did it. It's already done. <laughs> <laughs> intro over. Welcome to Cold Oatmeal, a podcast by the Rush Strategies team about PR and public affairs. Really. I was distracted staring at Joe's Cold Oatmeal. Yeah, well, it's here. He's got it on his desk. It's it's always here. It's always here. And by the way, the the ratio of fruit to disgusting is like 1 to 10. It's got some disgusting stuff and some fruit. Yeah, there's like nothing disgusting. One part fruit. What's, what, what in there is disgusting? I don't even know what's in it, but it, it looks like cucumber mash and maybe a couple of chopped apples. Did you have Burger King for breakfast? What was your... Say that! <laughs> Welcome back. You are listening to the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. Uh, my name is Matt Resch, owner of Resch Strategies, and we are the good folks who bring you this podcast every other Thursday. Um, we are a public affairs and a public relations firm. We are headquartered in downtown Lansing, Michigan, in the historic Naps Building, fourth floor. I'm going to start off here and let my let my wolf pack here introduce themselves. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What? I thought, oh. you know, with a theme, it's a, starting with a theme with our guest. Oh. The wolf pack, my wolf pack. Okay. Um, this is Nikki O'Mara, <laughs> Laura Beale, Nick DeLue, Carly Beale. You all sound ashamed if you don't want to <laughs> be a part of this. It doesn't fit necessarily Joe what Beshi. we're going with today. <laughs> the animal theme? <laughs> do, do you Do you clear out wolves? Yeah. Do you handle, do you handle wolves? In Michigan. We'll get to it, Nick. <laughs> we'll get to that, Nick. Then you're going to ruin the surprise. Sorry. <laughs> if anyone's still listening, you're going to ruin the surprise. Anyway, you can find you can find Rest Strategies at reststrategies.com. Uh, we are also on Twitter, on Facebook, and Instagram at Rest Strategies. Um, we added our podcast to Spotify in our last episode, so if you like to listen to your podcasts and music there, you can find the Cold Oatmeal Podcast on Spotify and follow us, and also obviously on Apple uh, iTunes and Apple Podcasts. If you do follow us on Apple, we'd love to have you rate and review us, um, give us some stars and some good comments. That would be wonderful for us. So I mentioned the Wolf Pack. We have an interesting guest, and some. I'll just let Joe kick us off here because Joe, you introduced us to yeah, today's sure. guest, um, and we'll, we'll go from there. Okay. Um, so it's probably like about a year anniversary since <laughs> the. I, I have to think, and we'll ask. We'll ask when we get to it. But the worst skunking of all time at my house. Um, <laughs> It was truly terrible. It smelled everywhere in every. Like I had to wash all my clothes. It was in like the kitchen cabinets. I came to work. I reeked. You all know I did. Yeah, yeah, you I really did. did. And it would last for days, and then it would start to like go away a little bit, and then it would happen again. And it was the worst part was, the, was so, the homeopathic remedies you were trying on your body. To yeah, get the well, smell no, it was you. all everything stunk. I mean, there was no escaping it. It was a lot like the only thing I wish. I, I kind of wish Bobby was here because he your, can feel, he knows Bobby. what this is. Yes, my brother Bobby, but. He decided to move out shortly after this episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was like the Seinfeld uh, valet with a bad bad the body B-O. odor episode yes. where it's just, it's, it's, now it's just lives on you and it's everywhere <laughs> and you can't get away from it and it's terrible. So anyway. Joe has walked into this office looking miserable many times. <laughs> Almost daily. <laughs> but yes. I would say that shortly, just under kidney stone level was Joe's battle with the skunk. I and think it was worse. Smell. I think you, it was worse. I was in a miserable. worse mood. The skunk was worse for us. Yeah. 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 No, I, was, <laughs> I would agree. It was, it was bad. So anyway, um, the skunk needed to be addressed. And I found uh, our guest today, uh, Sal Palumbo, uh, 
pest control specialist. MichiganAnimalControl.com. Okay, yeah. On Facebook at Michigan Animal Control. Uh, and Sal uh, came over, took care of it, and uh, since then he has worked for four of the six of us <laughs> in this office. <laughs> and I think at that point we just said, okay, we have to have Sal on to, Absolutely. to come and just be our guest because he's great we all have sal at least i can speak for myself and in my phone as sal mm-hmm. the skunk guy yep that's my fault because <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how we came came to know you so so sal thanks for being here uh Thank you. really appreciate it yeah i appreciate it so um, sal palumbo a lot, of, a lot of people save me as skunk guy i also get batman raccoon guy it's quite common uh, all all of those are quite common nicknames and uh actually uh a lot of times uh the girls at the bank pick on me because of the things that they find written in the memo section on checks. <laughs> oh. Out of their own frustration and finding their way out of chaos, they just scrawl something out there, and it's most of the time hilarious. So, Sal, how terrible was my my experience? For I mean, you deal with it all okay. the time. So, Joe, for, for, Joe for takes you, some great pride it was in this. diving deeply into chaos. The floors of of stability fell out from under you, and all of a sudden, you have this new problem. Uh, but in reality, yours was kind of an exceptional issue in that. We had a really cold winter last winter, and it was about a year ago right now, because right now is the skunk mating season. <laughs> Little side note. <laughs> Valentine's um, Day. <laughs> yeah, if, you guys, if you guys are fans of Chuck Jones, he knew this, and he that's one of the reasons why he made Pepe Le Pew, the eternal lover. Their I was just thinking mating that. mating season coincides with Valentine's okay, Day. Now, interesting. Another issue with skunks common in the northern part of the country is that Female skunks in the most miserable points of winter become communal dinners. And so that's what we had in your case is we had the girls were having a slumber party because it was just too cold outside. We had all these negative temperatures last year, so there was no way around it. Uh, You're not the worst that I've seen. I had one client uh, two years ago in East Lansing that I pulled 19 (gasps) female skunks out from under a porch about 8 by 10. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so nightmares do happen. Valentine's Day. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> why did it? Why did it stink so much in my house? You came in. You knew. What oh yeah, it yeah. Like, easily. And it was... Yes. Um, well, in your case, you had a deck and a sunroom that were tied in together. The foundations of which were just locked in, uh, basically with a barrier to the ground level, and so those animals smelled the difference in in moisture and temperature between the outside cold and the inside warmth, and they just dug to it. So then they're just spraying right under my house? Right. Like, and so the first thing they're going to do is mark their territory. And in, again, in your case, a lot of decks are, uh, when they're built onto a house, they're linked onto the floor joists of the uh, area laying above the basement. So when they're tied into that with an end board in which the, the deck hangs on, if a skunk sprays and there's gaps, it's going. And most of the time, furnaces are in the basement. That's where the air is being drawn in. Oh, a perfect storm. So, yeah, perfect storm. I, it's an interesting development to learn that Joe had a skunk harem. Yeah. <laughs> I, know, I, I had just one, uh, yeah. right? Oh, no, okay. no, no. I, I think we got, let's see, I chased one away the first day physically. Did you? Yeah, I chased him down through the yard. I was using snowballs and talking to him <laughs> to get him to move along because he didn't want to give up the space. Uh, that was a male. Okay. And then uh, uh, I hooked one female... Then we got another one on the other side. Then another kept digging through. I don't remember ex- this. Are we you... excluded two two more from there. You remember the trapping part of this and yeah. how this it, is a, like this is a good part of the story. So what? So you lay the trap. So right? Sal lays the trap and um, it sits where he puts it originally for a little bit. It's kind of off the house a little bit and uh, doesn't get any bites on it. And uh, comes back a couple days later and kind of moves it right up by yeah. the house. And I think probably that evening, right around nine o'clock, it goes off and I hear like a squeal and uh, just stink fill up my house. <laughs> and the skunk, like, somehow it's supposed to like go into the trap and then bam, it's done. Yeah. But it like snuck all the way through. And then got the tail. Yeah, just caught the tail of it. Yeah, which was... you were like, I've never seen this before. Right, right. <laughs> this yeah, is not how this too. goes. Yeah. So then it just sat there and um, sprayed everything for an hour while Sal was on his way to take care of it. Yeah, just imagine a skunk on a leash for a half a night. Oh gosh. I mean, that's essentially what happened in your case. Unfortunately, I mean, like, look, it never does happen the way it's supposed to happen. You know, when you want it to, but sometimes these things go. 
That became tough around the office. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember we were at our at the old office and Nikki and I would turn around and, and look at each other <laughs> and sort of whisper like, he stinks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I and did. you, you worked in sh- the same office with him. Yeah. No, no you guys, I weren't. You, you guys didn't no, you share weren't. an office with him. Oh, Nikki, Nikki and I weren't. Were yeah. 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 I... I had only known Joe for like a month and I was sitting there like, oh my God. <laughs> what, was, what was so terrible about it is, is you'd kind of get used to it and then I'd be like, oh, I don't speak anymore. Then and then you'd like leave where you are and go to some place that's clean. Or you'd go for yeah. lunch and come back and I'd be like. <gasps> I remember I, I went somewhere that weekend, um, like got on a plane and oh, like yeah. left. Yes. And I was like, oh, this will be great. I don't have to deal with this. And I got on the plane and I like smelled myself and I was like, I... I hate that I'm here. I feel so bad for everyone that's near me. I'm that dude that stinks on the plane. I remember when you gross. when you said you got back. I know it was terrible. When you got back and you said you went to your hotel and opened up your suitcase oh, and the terrible. smell was out of your suitcase like the skunk was like gone. With you. And it's so you just funny buy that, new clothes at that point. I just did laundry all weekend in this stupid hotel. It was terrible. In a rational world, I mean, we live in a rational, straightforward world, and when you have something natural come into it. It messes it up completely. You might as well have had a live javelina on your lap in that airplane. I mean, it just, everybody probably knew and nobody knew what to say. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Welcome to my everyday. (laughs) So Sal Palumbo is with us from Michigan Animal Control. I want to, what is your favorite animal to have when you get a call anyway oh sweet i get to go get one of these oh man it it depends on the species i mean i i overall i guess i could say possum just because the possum is like the town drunk of the animal kingdom you just kind (laughs) of let him wander off into the bushes and he'll be fine um they do so many beneficial things in nature that i try my hardest to talk people out of making me get rid of them or get them out of the community because they're nature's cleanup crew. Every night, you know, some teenager's gonna dot a squirrel on the on the side street one day, and that skunk or that uh, possum's out there every night cleaning it up. They have a very low body temperature, so they don't get any diseases. They literally just die from cars in old age. And so I kind of have a compassion for that animal because there's, I mean, it's just, it's the perfect little critter for what we need as far as our filth. And another thing is where you find a possum, they will run all the rats away as well. So they, they serve a lot of hidden benefits that people don't realize. So try aren't and they, talk people Aren't they really that. slow? They're extremely How slow. How are they not all getting eaten they by just, coyotes and well, stuff? Well, you know, they have that musk gland, so they do have a stink to them when you okay. get within a few feet. I mean, it's pretty gross. It does smell like the things they eat. Okay. Um, and so they have that defense. And then, of course, they, they do that thing with their face where they just open up their mouth and act like they're screaming at you silently. Um, and that, that <laughs> tends to be very intimidating. I hate possums. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, I mean, people hate them for that reason, All the you know, all of that, but... The reality is they're North America's only marsupial. I mean, they, they do so many cool things. And so I kind of defend them because they're, you know, they're the ugly creature that needs help. All right. That's such a bad So <laughs> now I feel bad. Kind of in the same vein, what is the, like as a homeowner, what, is, what should I be most concerned about if I have like a rat problem? Is Physically, I would say a live raccoon in your house. Oh, like that, does that happen? Oh, oh my wait. goodness! No, wait, wait. Like, in, like, the in the house, house or inside, like in, the, in, the in the walls, in the building, or in the living space. I mean, I've, I've gotten the three a.m. call from the VA hospital where one fell through the ceiling tiles. And <gasps> no, no, you, no, 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 no! You just have no. to deal with it. <laughs> oh, I would freak out. <laughs> you know, here's the thing. <laughs> we, we, you know, in all of human history, we deal with giving names to chaos, ordering chaos. You know, and so. Chaos falls on us all day, and it could be something silly like not doing something you were supposed to do or something crazy like a raccoon falling through the ceiling, but chaos as a measure is its own thing. It is what it is. It's just chaos. So it's a question of how you're going to respond to that. That animal didn't intentionally, you know, SWAT team (laughs) rope down from the ceiling. Uh, You know, accidents happen, and so it's more freaked out than the person, and people don't realize that. They just think this thing hit the ground and started running around like crazy. It must be crazy by its nature, and it's not. So why are, raccoon, why are raccoons the worst? Because they have the highest potential for damage, physical damage, to a person and belongings. And because a lot of a raccoons, and this is kind of getting into the biological weeds of it, a lot of a raccoons' uh, nonverbals are exactly the opposite of a dog, which we're very, very much tuned into. So when a raccoon puts its ears down, that doesn't mean 
I give up. That means we're going to fight, and I'm talking my ears in so you don't bite them off. So things, little things like that, people don't realize it. And it, like I say, if you just looked at it as that's the mirror opposite of a dog, you can understand the animal and give it its space and, and you know, like I say, give names to the unknown. Give, you know, give identification to chaos. Okay. So I guess I should be happy that I only had a flying squirrel. Flying I still squirrels feel- are another favorite of mine. I don't I even, mean, listen, I don't even grab my gloves when I have a flying squirrel in the house. I mean, I'm sure I you don't. I pick them up physically and I put them in my shirt oh. pocket. They're oh. adorable. They got eyes the size of dimes. They're so docile. They're very cool. I mean, pain in the neck to people who get them in the house. I get that. I mean, I'm not surprised that that's your reaction mm-hmm. because when I sent you a picture of it, you said, a flying squirrel, how adorable. <laughs> <laughs> and yes. My husband wasn't at having the same sentiment. I didn't even but- think we had those. I, I thought those were yeah. like I thought those lived the, in Africa. Or the something. northern flying squirrel is very common. Very oh my common. Gosh. If you have a dark house, like a a wood tone house, mm-hmm. or you have a stone house that's true stone, not just brick, and it looks like a dead tree, you know those common mm-hmm. natural colors. If you have that and pine trees, you probably have flying squirrels. Oh, really? I have all yeah. the pine trees. I feel like I've never even seen one other than the one you showed me. I did a house for a client last winter, and I got uh, 22 of them. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm so happy I only had one. And it was, <laughs> yeah, well, you were lucky. You were lucky because as soon as they realize somebody's got a good house, everybody moves in. <laughs> well, good thing we plugged all the holes yes. up. God. So what do you see the most of? <sighs> Bats. Bats. Oh, yeah. Bats. I, Bats oh, yeah. are most Bats. common in Bats houses. I have and those too. you can thank Bella Lugosi and um, the moving pictures as a new media for scaring the absolute bejesus out of people. Yeah. There. I mean, it's generational at this point. All of our horror stories involve, you know, scary and unknown and bats. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, 200 years ago, people were putting it, literally painting bats on their dinnerware because it was just another animal out there. Nowadays, that's something freaky. We've relegated that to Halloween. We've given that to the night. We've, you know, made that part of the scary world. Yeah. They do their part. They, yeah, they do. They do. <laughs> so is it tend, do they tend to be in people's attics? Yes. Mostly? Yeah. I would say 60 to 70% of houses I walk into have bats in them without even people knowing. Mm-hmm. How often do you get hmm. rat calls? Because I feel like rats would be what would, like if I had a... If I had a rat problem. I think that'd be what would bother bats me. Bats wouldn't most. bother me. Yeah. Raccoons wouldn't. Bo- like I've sort of dealt with all those. Bats things. don't bother you. Bats right. don't bother me either. Bats don't bother me at all. When I told you I had bats in my attic, you were like, "And you're gonna leave them there?" <laughs> well, yeah, you got you got to get rid of well, them. Yeah, well, you shouldn't let them not live out. in your house. Not till the spring. There's a little door. <laughs> yeah. They'll go out when they wake up. What were you gonna say, Nick? That rats R- rats. You, you me? I would take. I, I would be freaked out if you had rats because they carry disease. They're big like and that's where I probably think the moving pictures for that too because I remember Princess Bride and that freaked me out as a kid with those <laughs> right. sizes, sizes, yes. you know but those things you don't want to rat that, they carried the black plague mm-hmm. also they just like multiply it seems mm-hmm. like every day I, that's at least my understanding of yeah, rats. Yeah, they do. They so, do. Do we have a big I, rat problem in Michigan? Yes. Yeah. We have we have rat problems in pockets. It depends on where you're at. Like, there are areas of Eaton Rapids that are just overrun with it. There oh. are areas here, like downtown, is rocked with it right now. Sweet. No kidding. Um, then you have other communities like, you know, out, out, you know, out towards Detroit. St. Clair Shores has a huge problem with it. Basically, all of the communities that border the I-96, I-275 corridor were introduced to rats after the last major flood. I think it was 96 or 2006, one of those two numbers. Um, so rats are, are pushing outward. Um, people really don't realize how easy it is to control rats. Uh, I mean, they're going to multiply, they're going to live, but if you take away the things that they use most commonly, they're just going to move along and be somebody else's or somewhere else's problem, and populations take care of themselves if you handle that problem. Isn't one of the ways they come in is through, like, the sewer drain in the basement? Like, is that a thing? In the cities, that's a problem. It's not as common, you know, out by you, because, you you know, you, most people have septic tanks and other things like that, and, you know, out in the suburbs of the, uh, of the city of Lansing, all that stuff is buried underground. It's not like you have tunnels that are made for maintenance where they can, you know, use that space. Okay. What is the craziest story that you have? Oh, that's a good question. Oh, man. I have a bunch of them. Let's hear a couple. Okay. Here's, <laughs> this one was really out there. Um, I was out fishing with a buddy on a Friday night. I'm well, telling you, it was 12. Carly is preemptively. This one is weird. Before I get into this, uh, well, when I get into describing this client, can we use profanity on this? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, yes. good. Okay. <laughs> because it's coming. Okay, so... 
Guy calls me up. I'm fishing with a buddy of mine. It's like midnight, 1230. Calls me up. It's a um, Southfield phone number. I pick up the phone, animal control, and he says, I have a fucking lizard breaking down my door. <laughs> and I, my answer was, sleep it off. And I hung up. I thought he was drunk. <laughs> Immediately the phone rings again. Dude, I have a fucking lizard beating on my door. And I thought, okay, I'm going to throw something outlandish out at this guy because I really think he's drunk and I really want to stay here and go fishing. <laughs> and so I said, you know, if I come down to your house, I'm going to charge you $500 just to show up because he was down in Southfield. And he says, I don't care. Get here. And in the back of my head, ding. Okay. We've got something and it's real. All right. So then I tell him, all right, give me, give me an hour and a half, two hours. I'll be there. I show up to this guy's door. Now th this is where things get really crazy. I show up to this guy's door. Knock on the door three or four times, got nothing. <clears throat> I look down at the door. The there is definitely a dent in the bottom of the door. And I look down the porch, and there are footprints and a swizzle between it. And I'm like, holy crap, there's a lizard here. And it's not a small one. So I look up at the door, and I look down. I, I, you know, I, I look up at the door because the door moves. I look down, and a laser is on the center <laughs> of my chest. And I said, I'm not the lizard. I'm the guy you call. And I see it drop away. And the guy opens the door and greets me, which is always a lovely greeting when somebody starts with a gun. Um, anyway, so I, I said to him, you know, what's going on with this scenario? And he says, you know, I was away for two weeks. Uh, you know, I have family sick in Florida. And, you know, when I came back, I, I just reset my house and went to bed. And now this thing is here doing this. So, okay, well, what do you mean reset your house? Well, you know, the place was a mess. I had to clean up. Let's go visit your garbage. So we go around to the side of the house, and the lizard tracks did go around the side of the house towards the garbage, so it kind of led towards that direction. And When I looked in there, he had a bunch of stuff that he had cleaned his fridge out and uh, had that in the garbage, and that is what attracted this animal, the rotting, it was rotting chicken. So I grabbed my animal tongs and grabbed a piece of bad chicken, and I set it on a picnic table and waited. At about... How close were you to the picnic table as you're waiting? I would say 40 feet. Okay. 40 feet. Um... About 6.30, 6.45. Now, let me digress for a second. Behind this house was a small river. I think it's Raisin or Rouge River Headwaters. And then on the other side of that was a playground for a parochial school. Okay. Okay. Now, I'm expecting kids are going to be up and playing shortly. And here I am sitting in a backyard waiting for something big. You know, could be an alligator. I have no idea at this point. All I know is big effing lizard, right? So... <laughs> I'm posted up on this thing, and I have a photo of it somewhere in my photo album. About 6.30, this thing comes out of the shrubs, out of the water, climbs right up on this picnic table, grabs a piece of chicken, flings it in the air, catches it in his mouth, and does the, the, the lizard thing. It turned out to be about a six-and-a-half-foot Nile River monitor lizard. That's the second most deadliest <laughs> lizard on the planet behind the Komodo dragon what? in terms of what? bacteria content in its bite. Okay? <laughs> and plus biting power. So somebody had this animal and let it go. Oh, my God. Okay? Oh so my I ended up chasing it down and jumping on it and, you What's, know, doing seriously? it. Seriously? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, okay, well, yeah, that, that's a part of my everyday that everybody well, wait, thinks is weird. It's just yeah. totally nonchalant that part. Oh, like, so yeah. I you had no gear. Jumping on it. You just went and jumped on it. You, you have anything? no choice. You have to act <laughs> when you have, have a choice. This well, issue. Guys, <laughs> okay, option two is get a hold of Southfield Police, get a get a weapon, and kill this animal. But when I'm looking at it in the realization of the moment, this is somebody's pet. Whether it got out by chance or whether it got out by by somebody letting it loose, I don't want to take that away from somebody. You know, so you have to handle it that way. So wait, off we go, jump on it and get on it. Wait, you didn't want to kill it? No, I did not. Oh, my God. Okay. No, so I turned what it did over. you? What I was turned, your plan? You jump on it and then what? You're going to like I jumped it? on it. I had a burlap sack under my uh, uh, under the, the what do you call it? Sun chair that I was sitting in. Uh huh. Uh, and I had the client bring me the sack and I just shoved it in there and took it over to animal control. There you go. Unbelievable. What'd you charge that guy for? Uh, I actually, I charged him three fifty for the whole thing. I actually told him I'd give him a discount because it was cool. <laughs> um, it was a really cool catch. So, and, and actually, the, the, the oddly, the sad part to it was is that the guy I realized at that point he actually couldn't even afford that. He was just scared to death. Yeah. So, he ended up giving me a lawnmower. 
you know, push mower for it. And I think I got 20 bucks for that, you know. Did you ever figure out where the lizard came from? Uh, no, never figured out where it came from. I never really followed up with the uh, animal control there, but yeah. I honestly oh thought gosh. you were going to say, and then I called someone else who specializes in <laughs> no, whatever that no, lizard no, is. No, no, no. I mean, if it was a 14-foot alligator, like... There's got to be a cutoff point where you're not going to just go. My biggest personal alligator is 12. Oh so I know I, can, I know I can handle 758 pounds because that was what that was. Where did you what catch, did you do? Did that you was down in alligator? Florida. Oh, so that wasn't here. Yeah, that wasn't here in Michigan. But okay, well, were you, were you working a, or was that just for fun? It, <sighs> like a hero okay, at the beach. I have, a, I have a cousin that I love dearly out east who kind of does this stuff on the side. And the two of us challenge each other to these crazy things. <clears throat> And one year it was alligators in Florida, and one year it was live capture and live release of black bears in Maine, and we did seven that week. Sal, who um, are you, man? This is <laughs> yeah, I just, you know, freaking wild. I knew this was going to be good. I didn't think it would be yeah. this good. <laughs> like, it, it all comes down to, like, it, it's this little circle of, of silliness in our family. I, here's another one. This week, my brother and I are going fishing on a boat. In ice flows, just to say that we did it, just to say that we accomplished this. You know, it's again, it's it's defeating chaos. It's defeating the unknown. Uh, how can you push yourself to know that you can do it without doing it? So do you come from a long line of alligator wranglers? Like, what is, no. how, what is the story of you finding this business? Well, when I was a kid, and I, I firmly believe this, when I was a kid, I was no different than anybody else, just as scared as anything else, uh, scared of everything else. But my grandfather had a tendency when I got uh, curious about something or nervous about something, rather than explain it to me, he would just say, okay, well, let's go check it out. And so he was a, you know, he was a butcher. He was kind of a wild man. He, he, he ran one of the first um, free range chicken butcher shops and, and uh, uh, farms up in Michigan. Uh, and he also used to do a lot of exotic animal work. So weird animals never came off as weird to me because we had an emu running around the yard when we when I was a kid. We had elk running around the property when I was a kid. And it was it was not odd to me. Okay. I mean, although I, I grew up in, in Metro Detroit, my grandfather, who lived in the center of the state, was was kind of the big influence on me on that. And also it didn't help the fact that back in the city when, you know, mom was putting pillowcases up on the clothesline, I was putting frogs and snakes in it. It was just my nature <laughs> as a kid. <laughs> sure she loved that. Yeah. Is there an yeah. animal that you're afraid of? Man. Or, no. or, a, or a story think, where you thought, oh, I oh think my, my God, what am I Apex predators scare the living bejesus out of me. I was uh, in Idaho one time on a hike, and I went seven hours to climb a mountain to get onto this little rock outcropping just so I could get a photograph of the valley and it, like I say, seven hours up this mountain, and when I got to the top of it, there was a little cavern and a lot of mountain lion tracks. And so things like that really put life into perspective when you realize you are not the apex predator in this. Now, as for work, yeah, raccoons. Raccoons. Right. I, was, I was in a, uh, a very small attic. I mean, I'm a big guy, but this was an attic that maybe had 18 inches of clearance between the bottom truss and the underside of the roof. And I was picking raccoon kits out from above a shower stall in the attic. And I, I got like five of the six there. And when I went to reach for the sixth, I had already evicted an adult raccoon. And I just assumed it was the mom. But it turns out, you know, in about 5% of raccoon cases, the females will spend a few years together and raise their littles together. Uh, what I didn't realize was this was one of those cases. And when I grabbed number six, she jumped over my arm between my hand on her kit and my face. And that was the one where I'm like, oh boy, that yeah, could be bad. Like you know, mom moment. instincts kick in, I'm done. I just got to fall through drywall. <laughs> you know, I have no choice. I'm just kind of, I just don't even know where to go. I don't I'm, either. I'm, it's what, also interesting. Well, I, I, so I've got a place to go. Sure. So, so I've mentioned to the folks at the office, and I mentioned quickly in passing, my, my son Asher, my oldest mm -hmm. son, he's eight years old. He is fascinated right now with the idea of catching pests, mm -hmm. um, mice in particular. He, okay. he, he's, he's super into, we caught a mouse in the garage and he just loves it. Mm -hmm. And so he's, he will earn money by doing chores and spend his money buying mouse traps. Right now, this is okay. what he does. Um, he is trying to decide and he hasn't, he hasn't made up his mind yet. You know, he's only eight. But mm -hmm. if you talk to him, he's trying to decide whether to be an Egyptologist mm -hmm. 
or a pest control man. Okay. Okay. These are the two things he's thinking about. So he's a special, wonderful child. I'm sure there's a lot of mice inside pyramids too. So. Probably so, and rats. Um, so I said, I said, well, Asher, we're going to be interviewing Sal the Skunk Guy on the podcast. Do you have any questions for Sal the Skunk Guy? And he said, oh, yes, Daddy, I will come up with questions. So he, he provided me a couple of questions. Mm-hmm. All right. So these are eight-year-old Asher's questions. Okay. Number one. Irish spring soap. Is it true that Irish spring soap will deter or send away mice? Are mice repelled by Irish spring soap? Yes and no. What you're trying to accomplish there is to put a human predator scent in a space where a prey animal is and use that to communicate to the animal. So Irish spring will work. You go to a barber shop and you sweep up hair, that'll work. I mean, anything that really is commonly associated in nature with human scent generally, yeah, is a deterrent. Now, Irish spring over dial, I don't know. I haven't tested those, but yeah. Okay. Well, that that makes sense because since he has put out 16 bars of Irish spring soap in our garage, (laughs) our garage smells very nice and we haven't had any mice. Very Um, good. How did he learn that? I think his his grandfather, okay. Pa, his pa told him um, to put Irish Spring out, and that that would that's something that he's used in his garage. Okay. So, my grandpa was an apple farmer, and there was an orchard that they planted of, of dwarf apple trees. Mm-hmm. And I, I had this distinct memory as a child because they they would get those little hospital sized bars of soap, mm-hmm. and they would tie one to every single tree. Yeah. And you would walk through the orchard, and every single tree would have a little bar of soap hanging mm-hmm. from it to keep the deer away. Same thing. Hmm. Keep the deer away. Yep. Interesting. Funny. Yeah. Um, his second question was, if you have a favorite kind of mouse trap, one that works better than others, is it the snapping kind that you have to preload uh, Absolutely. food onto? Absolutely. Okay. Actually, um, and I tell people, everybody wants to make a dollar from building a better mousetrap. My favorite mouse traps in the world are the original old-fashioned snap traps with the little curled piece of steel for teeth yeah. because they are the most, they're the most effective overall, in my opinion. Okay. Um, and it's not necessarily the trap. It's how... You can tr- how you can bait that trap in ways that you can't bait the other ones. Because they have that curled trigger pan with teeth on it, um, you take a Q-tip and you rip the cotton off of it, dip it in peanut butter, and shove it up under those teeth. Mice, like any rodent, when they feel resistance in, in something, they have to chew and they have to pull. And, you know, if you just bait a trap with nothing on it but a little slap of peanut butter, they'd sit there lick that all day and not set the thing off. But you give them something to tug on, and it's good night. All right. Now, if you want to keep a mouse alive, don't do that. <laughs> I, he probably would like to keep the mice alive. Yeah. I, I'd rather not. And his last question was, mice tracks, how do you best track a mouse if he wanted to hunt one down? Oh, man. Okay, I have some homework for him. <laughs> He's going to love this. this <laughs> I, and you know what? To a young kid, this is like, this is awesome. Go to a website called youperlights.com. There's a guy named Eric Rintamaki who a couple summers ago discovered that um, there is a stone along the shores of Lake Superior that if you shine a certain uh, wavelength of UV light on it, it shows reactive. And these rocks will show up. They look like lava in your hand. They're just really cool. They're called youperlites. What it is is UV reactive soda light. Uh, in granite, where uh, basalt is missing, the sodalite filters in and, and fills that space, and so it makes its own unique rock. If you go to that website and buy one of those lights, which are the cheapest on the market of the 362 nanometer UV light, which is what I'm specifically referring to, if you go to the wa- that website, you can get one of these lights for like 30, 40 bucks, and you can follow mouse tracks everywhere. Now, the plus side is you can see any rodent or any animal that has excreted any liquid from its body anywhere in your house. The downside is that you will know every spot where anything has excreted any liquid in your house. And so when I click this thing on, it's like, it's a crime scene. I mean, it's, it's literally a police light. You can get the expensive ones for four or $500, but that guy on that website sells them for like 40 bucks. And so if he really wants to play with it, yeah, that'd be the way to do it. Okay. All right, Asher, you got some chores to do. Yeah. <laughs> my whole house would be lit up. Yeah, my, well, I think we my, need to get you one. I, my rabbit. Yeah, that I have walked everywhere. I've walked into places where people say and insist that they have a absolutely spotless house, and you click this on, and you just don't even want to step into the place. Oh, oh gross. So, Sal, remember you were at my place. I wasn't there when you walked through mm-hmm. with, with Brenda, but we had. Let's see, we had the squirrels. Mm-hmm. 
and then I think you came in and you, you immediately noticed that we had mice mm-hmm. in the in the closet where we keep like the, the cleaning stuff. Yeah. So we put um, we put a mouse trap in there, and I I think that my un my unprofessional opinion was that it was somewhat tied to the construction that we were doing because we no mouse ever came back and got in the trap. Okay. But was it two weeks ago I came in here? That sounds right. So the bathroom, and you noticed it because you found, I think, dog food Mm -hmm. in the closet. And then you saw some droppings. Yeah. So like two weeks ago, and I would say that we, I think we keep a a clean house. For whatever reason, my my nine-year-old son decided to open the cupboard in the bathroom on the other side of the hallway from where that closet was. Mm -hmm. And it was a, it's a floor length, a floor level cupboard. He goes down and he bends down and looks in the bottom shelf that's on the floor. And I kid you not, there were probably four cups of dog food Mm -hmm. that were all piled up in the corner of Mm -hmm. this little cabinet that had been scurried across for God knows how long. Some Mm -hmm. mouse was piling. I mean, it was that would have lasted a family of mice (laughs) for years. It feels like it was huge. That's common. That's common. They, They love their hordes. Yeah. I had a, uh, you know, parallel, it's all in the rodent family, um, red squirrels. They tend to be, I mean, they, they're as smart as rats and they're, you know, just dead square in the middle of the rodent family. They're absolutely psychotic, super fast. You know, I, I jokingly say that, you know, if the possum is the drunk of the animal kingdom, the red squirrel's the meth head. He'll do four <laughs> laps around your, around your head and bite you in the ear before you even know he left the ground. I actually posted a really cool video on my Facebook yesterday of somebody who walked into their bathroom insisting there was no animal in there. And at the very last half second of the video, you just see this red squirrel come out of a trash can and right oh, at the camera. Uh-huh. It's a really funny video for, for me at least. For them. I mean, it's all screaming in the video, so I can assume it didn't go so well. But yeah, the, the reds there, they, uh, um, I had one client call me where I could not get to her house for 36 hours. Um, she called me and said, it's chewing through the window underneath my kitchen right now. And I'm like, you know, there's nothing I can do. In 36 hours, one red squirrel amassed 120 pounds, two contractor bags of black walnuts. I mean, it's amazing how efficiently they wow. can put things away. Wow. So, so how, how, what is your service area? Like, what whole is, state of Michigan. Whole state of Michigan? Wow. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm not the happiest guy if i got to drive to Marquette. They're going to have to put How often out, do you but, do that? Uh, about twice a year, I'll go up onto Mackinac Island and do bat work up there and, and go up into St. Ignace and stuff like that. Oh, my God. And well, most of it is, you know, referrals from within... The, you know, people who live down here who have a cabin up there, they have, you know, my aunt lives up there in Petoskey or Harbor Springs and okay, well, we're going and, you know, throw the wife and the dog in the car and off we go. We make a weekend. So somebody's got to capture dragons and (laughs) stuff. This is probably a stupid question, but do you have a normal work day or work week? No, no, and that's what I love about it. That's what I love about it. The idea that every space is your workspace and every day looks different. I was also, you know, we talk about childhood. I was, the, I honestly had the principal of my school used to make me carry around a uh, pillowcase full of books because I would just get up bored and wander. You know, first, second grade, go visit my sister in her class or go see my brother. I was that kid. I just out there in the world. So having a different desk every day is, is good to me. Okay. So what is a normal day? Do you wake up and just wait for the phone to ring or do you have stuff Most planned out? Most of the time like... I wake up with a phone call. Okay. Um, I get a lot of emergency calls at night. So two, three in the morning, bat calls, two, three in the morning, possum calls. And it's always the same thing. And it's always a raised, heightened emotional state. And <laughs> it's always chaos. But, you know, like I say, it's I'm I'm steeped in it. I know how to handle chaos because I put myself in it all the time uh, that it isn't chaos to me. How do you judge someone's chaos about this is a get out of bed and drive to their house at two o'clock in the morning chaos or this is a I'll see you at nine. o'clock? And do you always take that call? Yeah, I always take that call. Okay. I, I, I'm not, I always tell people I'm not the happiest guy at three in the morning, but I'll answer it. You know, okay. it, it just, and how do you judge if somebody says it's in my room, it's in my kid's room, it's in my living space, then it's a do not pass, go, do not collect $200. Just get over there and get it done. Um, but if it's, Hey, I'm hearing noises. Okay. Well, sleep it off. You know, we'll talk about it in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> you know? If it's, you know, just something on my roof. Yeah. We're, we're I'm not going to come out there for that, but. You know, and you kind of you kind of get the idea. You also have clients where you have to. Um, you know, everybody lives in a different value system of rationality. 
you know, I suppose that's why you have to put out big blanket statements in, in governmental organizations like the CDC. If you see a bat, everybody's got to get shots, you know, because they're dealing with the people who 170 IQ who are saying, okay, I have a bat, I have to deal with it this way. And then you're also dealing with the people at 65 IQ who are saying, I should put that in my mouth. So, <laughs> you, you, you know, I mean, you have to have that kind of ability to discern, okay, what kind of critter am I dealing with on the phone? And then what kind of critter do they have? How dangerous is it really to have a bat in your bedroom? If you didn't know. Okay. The the 10 mile out know. view is the CDC says if you've got a bat in the house, everybody needs to be inoculated for rabies. Because the reality is, is if you get rabies and if you do not get the inoculation within a few days, you're dead in 21. Mm -hmm. There's just no, no funniness about it. I mean, you can look up tons of horrific stories on YouTube about that. Um, there are people who survive it, but it's very slim and the outcome is never good. Uh, so there's that. And so the CDC does that and people push that. But the reality is in Michigan, skunks carry about 14 to 16% instance of rabies where bats are between one and four. Mm. So there's that irrationality side. So to that's it where, the main fear. Yeah. Is that's rabies. the main fear is rabies. And then the other thing is like histoplasmosis, leptospirosis, bat bugs, things like that. Those are all more, you know, lower level peripheral things. If you have compromised immunity, that might be an issue to you. But generally a person is going to form an immune blocker within two weeks of exposure. So if you move into a house that has bats, you'll have a sniffle for two weeks and it'll be gone. Hmm. Is there something with a higher prevalence of rabies than skunks? Is, or is no, that not in Michigan? Really? Okay. No, not in Michigan. And Lucky also, you. Cool. <laughs> also, you know, uh, nationwide, there's two different types of rabies. There's this rabies A and rabies B. So we're trying to keep the bad rabies out of Michigan right now. So if you look at the lower tier counties of the state, uh, they're actually saying whenever you catch a raccoon, you got to kill it because we don't know if it's that migrating up, that potential. Okay. And so the state has a lot of blockers on things. And that's sometimes why I move in urban areas to get rid of a skunk rather than just relocate it, is because I don't know, A, the concentration of skunks. If they're fraternizing, what does that mean for passing disease back and forth? And uh, uh, where am I gonna take this thing where I have permission? You know, So those three factors kind of determine in some cases, yeah, you gotta move towards elimination. Okay. Well, Sal, this has been fun. This yeah, is very this is awesome. We should have a regular uh, come in a regular segment just on ask ask Sal, yeah. ask the, Sal the skunk guy a, a question. I mean, I think it's fair to say he is the official, uh, the, the official animal control provider for the cold oatmeal. How podcast. do people get in touch yeah. with you, Sal? How do how do our listeners? Well, uh, you can get me on uh, like I say any messenger through Facebook. A lot of people get me on that. You can get me on uh, via email. Am I animal control at Gmail? Um, my cell phone. 24-7-989-388-7435. Um, you okay. can even text, text it, FaceTime it. I really like the random photos that show up in my uh, thing sometimes. <laughs> I love you in know? your voicemail how it says, feel free to call or FaceTime anytime. And, yeah. I, and I immediately thought, why on earth would he want FaceTimes? And I'm yeah. like, oh, yeah. And you probably I see this. Yeah, show what's happening. it's very revealing as to what the heck is going on. <laughs> because a lot of these phone calls are, like I say, they're screaming. They're pe there are people who are truly steeped in fear at that moment they're they're completely tied up by it and you have to be able to parse that of, okay is this actually a crisis or is this person just that scared just that triggered by it well i think you have four satisfied customers here. <laughs> oh yeah I think, for sure. I think carly will probably have you out here but by the end of the day <laughs> take care of whatever's yeah. running around in her yeah. house carly doesn't own her house She's i don't even want to know that. what's in that house though there's probably something we're just gonna get carly one of those little lights and so sal palumbo michigan animal control uh miAnimalControl.com. thanks for being with us thank you So we've had 50 episodes. How we rank that one on the, the scale of best episodes ever? That so was like a top three. Very high. I, most it's entertaining so for me. Yeah. yeah. <coughs> I knew he'd be good. He's mm -hmm. uh, Nikki. Did I mean he's he's just awesome. He's just a cool dude. He could, I, he could do anything. <laughs>
Like he's just so outgoing and well spoken and and brave and knowledgeable. <laughs> knowledgeable. Yeah. Well, as I was just walking him out to the door and, and sending him on his way, he was he was talking about how parallel the public relations and and animal control and critter control are. And in, in, in <laughs> he has no idea. <laughs> we both deal with people in crisis, and you know your crisis is abstract, and my crisis is reality. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah, it's very true. true. I could never Can't do argue this that. job. No, me either. I definitely could not. <laughs> so is it Asher or Carter? Who's with Asher? Asher. Yeah. I feel like if he listens to this, he's he's, he's just he's dropping Egyptology. And it's yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know. Maybe but, Sal will take him on as an apprentice. I, yeah, maybe. Oh, I don't know. I, yeah. Yeah, Asher would love that. He's every day as soon as he gets home from school, he has to he has to run into the garage to check the traps. Um, he's just so into the idea of he's going to catch a mouse. Are you going to get one of those lights? I I don't know how we're going to avoid it after Asher listens to this. He'll be saving <laughs> his money for it. When's his birthday? December. Oh. So he's got a ways. long time to go. Yeah, he's got a ways to go. But um, but when he gets motivated, he can uh, he can string the chores together to earn a, a few extra bucks. So right. I I believe that Sal used that light in my house. Yeah, and showed me lots of mice pee. I think he used oh. it in our house too to to prove that we actually did have that that mouse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have two cats, so I'm, I'm sure there's. It would be a crime scene. Oh yeah, I tried to I tried to tell Sal that maybe it was from my dog, and he was like, "This is not." He can tell the dog. difference because he he showed where it was our dog versus a little bit of mouse, just a tiny little bit of mouse pee. Oh, I'm really glad that you changed your voice for that. Nikki. A little bit of mouse pee versus our dog. Huh. It makes me rethink the whole five second rule. Right? Yeah. You know? Like, go ahead, the five guys. second rule is gross anyway. Like you should be not on board with that. You, you don't regardless. have a, you don't have a kid dropping grapes Ugh. off the table yet. Come on, guys, pick it up. Let's go. Yeah, lots of fun. Good job, Sal. Yeah, that was really that was interesting. Awesome. Do you got anything else? I'm just kind of like we're just in awe. We're just, just basking in the glow. <laughs> <laughs> <Sal>. <laughs> Well, I was just telling them that I feel really stupid for sleeping overnight with a bat, possibly in our bedroom, because we, in our old house, we had four bats total that I wrangled and got rid of, but one of them, we didn't know what happened to it, and we, so we were like, okay, well, it must not be anywhere near where we're sleeping, we went to bed, and then the next day, I realized it had been in our closet all night, so, but after hearing about the rabies... And the danger, I feel really dumb now. But if you had known it was in your room, you wouldn't have slept I there. I wouldn't have slept there, but I just feel But you had an idea that it might have been. That it might have been in the yeah. room. But we were just like, meh, it'll be fine. I just... You're <laughs> and it was. Braver than me. I, yeah. Nope. I would have just thrown the whole house away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a hobo now. Can't live here anymore. <laughs> yep. My favorite bat story, I told it around the office before, is uh, when our, our neighbor... Um, I, I don't know. I was 21, 22 years old and our next door neighbor was a, a doctor and she called us um, and freaking out, freaking because she had a bat in her living room. She said, you've got to come over. You've got to get the bat. You've got to get this. And she called me and my brother and I'm like, okay, sure. We'll come get the bat. <clears throat> so we go over there and my brother Casey says, I know what to do. I'll grab my sword. And so he runs into his bedroom and he grabs his samurai sword that he had and we go over there. I grab a tennis racket. And uh, sure enough, this bat's flying around like a, like a monster, you know, in the living room. And he looks at the thing and he waits just a second and it comes down off of the ceiling and whoosh, one little tight swing of his sword and he killed the stupid bat. It fell on the ground. Like he didn't cut it in half, but he got it with the sword. And so he scooped it up on the dance rack wow. and got it outside. That's skill. Wow. I did not see Sale carrying a sword. So nope. you know, Sounds like the Delu brothers know way. how to operate in chaos. Though. <laughs> yeah. They, yeah. They, they get it. <laughs> We used to have this horrible cat who would catch bats in our basement because the what, what I learned because we had a house that was full of bats that they would go in the in at the 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 roof and then fly down the wall inside the walls and then come out into the basement because the walls would open up down oh. in the in the Michigan basement and so there were always bats. I hate <laughs> that so, creepy. so there were bats in the basement and so Pepper was like would hang out in the basement and she would catch these bats. And she wouldn't kill them. She would catch them out of the air. 
I, have, I saw her like pick them out of the air and she would like bat them around and hurt them and then carry them up to our room and put them in our bed with us because they were, she was so excited that she had caught this bat. So she would, I, so many nights I would start to hear this screeching of this tortured, injured bat being carried up the stairs and then I would hear the feel this boof on the end of the foot of the bed and there would be Pepper with a bat in her mouth and she would drop it and it would be flapping around on the bed. <laughs> I'm going to be bloody and I'd be screaming at the cat and it was, yeah. She was bringing you a gift. Yeah. Providing food for her family. I'm like, just kill the thing. If you're going to catch it, finish the job. Oh, you should be proud of that cat. Mm. So then you'd what? Like, you'd kill it? Yeah. Then we would have to like, we'd have to put it in a box. Then she would fight us for it. Like, she wouldn't, she'd be mad that we were getting rid of it because she wanted to keep playing. And so she... I don't know. I'd rather have that than just a swarm of bats flying around the basement. I think, I mean... It'd be better if it just killed it than yeah, it was you should, done. But. You should celebrate that cat. That's I did. She was. She that was her only good. Her only good <laughs> use was catching catching bats and killing them. Anyway, that was fun. One time, I was dog sitting for um, a family friend, and I let the dogs out into the backyard, and they went under the shed and got a groundhog and pulled it out and were like, you know, playing with it essentially, and I was like. Oh no! So I called, I called my, I called my friend Abby, and I was like, "You have to come over. Like, I cannot deal with this. I just please come here." What was Abby going to do? So she came over, <laughs> and she helped me get the dogs inside, and we left the groundhog there. Went into town, came back, hit it with a shovel, put it in a wheelbarrow, <laughs> and wheeled it to the edge of the cul-de-sac and left it. <laughs> So you went, you went into town to buy a shovel? What, no, we just, just we we gave it a, some you time. A break. We just we <laughs> just needed a yeah. We needed a minute. We gave the groundhog some time to recoup. You know, and, think uh, maybe there was a chance. It. Maybe I'll survive yeah. this. And then, oh no, they're back yeah. and they're carrying a shovel. Yeah. Who was the murderer? You or your friend? I didn't do anything. <laughs> okay, so she, Abby swung the she shovel. She took care of it all. Um. So yeah, I'm not good in crisis. <laughs> And not, and not good at disposing of bodies. No, yeah. no, not my forte. Oh, oh my God, what a story! Well, next time call Sal. Yeah. Yes. Okay, you. This has been the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. Uh, the Rest Strategies team, one of our favorite best episodes episode ever. Best episode yeah, ever. Sure. Sal the Skunk Guy. Sal Palumbo uh, was our guest. Animal Michigan Animal Control uh, listen to us on Spotify. Check us out on Apple uh, Podcasts. Rate, review us, and we will talk to you next time. <laughs> <laughs>